Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And I noticed something the other day. I noticed something that I never told you my motivation. The reasons why I embrace blockchain technology so much. Why did I make this show? Why is it for the average consumer? Why am I always on the podcast rapping out and thinking that the average consumer needs to be focused more? And I realized that I didn't say or tell you why or where my motivation came from because it was so personal. And that personal story needs to be let out. I need to tell you guys. I need to express why it's important because I think that it is getting lost in the space. It's getting lost in the rhetoric. It's getting lost in these huge big picture or unrelatable goals that the average person cannot relate to or might relate to or understand but doesn't have a use for and i'll explain that a little bit more later but the crypto 101 blogger the other day he asked me a simple question so when did you make the shift from investing to understanding the use cases for cryptocurrency and i told him that i understood the use cases for cryptocurrency or for blockchain technology way before i even thought about investing way before I even put money in. And actually, to be honest, it was the money, it was the investing that kept me out of it for so long. So I gotta tell you two stories. One is about my son, and the other is about my sister. And I apologize, these are very personal stories. So it's gonna be a little bit of a rough ride for me. So I hope that you stick with me. In 2008, I had a son, and he was born in Guangxi province in China. And I was finishing up my bachelor's degree, and I had, well, very little money. And I was living on student loans for the most part with a part-time job, you know, back and forth, either in Hawaii or in Beijing. And my son was born with a heart defect, and it was tricuspid stenosis. And we didn't notice that this was a thing because, well, you know what? The medical situation in China is good if you have money and okay if you don't and even worse if you are relying on public assistance. We were okay. We were paying for everything and the facility was good, but they don't do all of the checks that say an American hospital would do. So he was born with a heart condition and we didn't notice that until, you know, he's sitting there with his mother and he looks blue. The, the neighbor, we were sharing a room with another family that just had a baby in aftercare and they said, your kid looks blue. And we said, hmm, maybe you're right. So we went and got the doctor and realized that he wasn't getting oxygen or blood to his body. Now, it would be an easy fix in a U.S. hospital. This is a procedure to fix his tricuspid stenosis, the doctor told me, was about 80 to 90% effective. But they couldn't do it at that hospital. Okay, no problem. So we took a three-hour ambulance ride to Guangzhou Guangdong or Canton or whatever you want to call it, a hospital over there that was specialized in heart procedures. And so while we're there, the doctor who actually studied at the University of Hawaii, and I was a graduate and I was studying also at the University of Hawaii, he told me, yeah, okay, you can do this procedure and uh, it's going to be 80 to 90% effective. And I said, great, let's do it. Of course, of course, who wouldn't do the procedure? 
He's like, okay, cool, let's do it. Go to the cashier and pay $35,000. And I said, I, 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 don't, I don't have $35,000. He's like, well, then you need to get $35,000 before we can do the procedure. You know, in the States, if this would happen, they'll do the procedure and you guys would figure out what would happen afterwards, insurance-wise or what have you. But in China, most of the time, you need to come up with the money first. Well, this was my first time understanding the problem with banking. This is my first time really living abroad. I was 28 years old. I've been in Hawaii or in Ohio for the first 25 years. Just started going to China, started learning Chinese and what have you. And it was my first time to ever try to think about sending money from bank to bank. Now in China, foreigners are very restricted. It's a welcoming country to workers and people going in there. I had a great time living there. Did really well. But even now, foreigners, if they were going to send money out, you only can send $5,000 a year. Chinese nationals only can send $50,000 a year. So moving money back and forth is a real pain, let's just say. And at that time in 2008, it was even more of a pain because China was just coming out of isolation. I mean, of course, they opened up in the 70s, but now they're having this economic boom, which really is forcing them to deal with the world in a different way. So they're still new to this whole thing. So I call my mom and I say, mom, I need $35,000. She's like, how much do you have? I say, I got about five grand. She says, well, I have about 10 grand in my bank. How do we get that to you? And I said, I don't know. And they said, okay, well, let's figure this out. But we still are short $20,000. So we call friends and we call families and we call whatever. And everybody says the same thing. Okay, we will help. But how do we get it to you? Bank transfer, wire the money. Do I drive over to your house? We can't swipe a card. We can't do these things. And the time goes so much that it's days and days and days. And remember, there is a newborn, eh, about 10 days old at this time, on life support, on ventilation, struggling for his life, trying to find ways to get money to do an operation to save his life. Now, I don't want to sit here and critique the policies of the hospital or of China. That's not why I'm doing this. What I am trying to explain here is this was the first time that I personally had experience with a system that doesn't allow for the lifestyles that we're living, that doesn't allow for the average folk to conduct their life efficiently or to just to conduct their lives. If I was a millionaire, I wouldn't have this problem, but I was piecing together the bare minimum I needed for an emergency surgery and send it to a place that I needed. Now, this can happen to anybody. This could happen to you, your kids, your grandparents, anybody right now. There's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people dealing with this situation where people need money and they're going to a bank and they're saying, I need to wire that money. And they're like, okay, it's going to be three days. Okay, we, need, we can do an emergency wire transfer. Okay, well, that's going to cost more. Okay, well, that's still going to take time. And you have to beg them and ask them to send your funds. Now, you have to send your funds to a country that is, well, they might want to ask some questions. They say, I need my money in Afghanistan. Why are you sending money to Afghanistan? Because of this surgery. Well, what kind of surgery? Who's getting it? What's going on? And you're sitting there wasting time trying to send something that can't even be sent properly or efficiently and piece it together. So let's just look at this for one second. I had 5,000, my mother had 10,000, and we needed to piece together bits and pieces of what people would like to spare for us to raise that money. It was logistically impossible. So after 15 days, we decided to take my son off life support, take him back to our house, 
lay him between his two parents, and we watched him die. This was a failure of a system that we have that we now have solutions for. This is a failure of the banks, of finance, of freedom with our money that we now have a solution for. This was early 2008. Satoshi's white paper hasn't been released yet. Nobody knows what Bitcoin is, but right when Bitcoin came out, the first thing I thought, if I only had access to this, we could have collected and sent that money within hours. So it's 2018 and we are still debating the use case for the average person. We're talking about Lambos. We're talking about protocols and we're talking about Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash wars. When the average consumer has use cases daily right there in front of their face and we are not allowing this to be mass adopted for one reason or the other. And, and I don't understand. It's not a Ponzi scheme. People say it's a Ponzi scheme. Well, price rises. I understand people are putting fiat into there, therefore creating more value for Bitcoin from a Bitcoin to fiat, you know, comparison. And people are saying like, it's, a, it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, okay. But look at blockchain, look at this technology and look at the things that we could accomplish right now if we implement this. So my motivation for Bitcoin and blockchain comes from a real, real personal use case. And I don't look at Bitcoin and say, hey, this is a Ponzi scheme. I say, hey, this is a tool that could have saved my son's life. The other case is my sister. My sister was a nurse. She was living in California due to well, her own personal demons. She had a drinking problem. She lost her nursing license. And let's just say she was a little down and out. Well, she communicated with my mother and said, I want to move back home. I want to get my shit together. And my mother said, fine, no problem come home, you're always welcome, but you have to leave the alcohol at the door. She agreed. She moved in and shortly after broke her promise, came home drunk. My mom said, well, you have to leave. She stayed at my aunt's house for a while. That didn't work out. My dad didn't want her there because it wasn't that we didn't want her in the house. It's that we wanted her to commit to fixing a problem that existed. And the support was there if she put in the effort. So at the end of not following through with her commitment of at least trying to stop drinking, she found herself at a homeless shelter in downtown Cleveland. And don't get the idea that she was, you know, losing weight and, you know, not looking good and on drugs and in a seedy life. No, she was a very nice, very well-liked. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good-looking woman that just had a drinking problem and her life got to a point where she wasn't able to financially take care of herself. So she was at a homeless women's shelter in downtown Cleveland. Made a lot of good friends. She would text my dad a lot saying, hey, met this woman. She's quite amazing. She has a kid. She's getting her shit back together, blah, blah, blah. So it was an overall positive experience. And she got a part-time job. And the part-time job was at a company that did cleaning. And they would get you know people together and they'll go to different companies or big venues or what have you and clean after like an event or after a shift or what have you. And the women from the shelter, a lot of them worked there and they actually had a little group and they'll go to different places and what have you. Well, since they didn't have transportation to these jobs because they're all homeless, living in a homeless shelter, the company provided transportation for them in which their manager would go and pick them up in a van and take them to the job that they were going to do that night. And the manager that they hired for this job was a convicted rapist and he just finished doing eight years in prison for raping a woman by gunpoint. Well, now he's managing and picking up women at a homeless women's shelter, people who are down on their luck or trying to get their self together to go to this job that's paying them peanuts to put a little money away to start a new life. They put them in this situation. He took a liking to my sister. He got angry one night and raped and murdered my sister. Now, I know you're thinking, what does this have to do with the blockchain? Well, when I think of this, the first thing I thought is, why didn't the company do something? How could this happen that a convicted rapist, somebody who raped somebody by gunpoint, was managing leading and picking up women at a homeless shelter to take them to work and put him in that position of power. What kind of shit is this? And then I heard about Civic and I heard about identity on the blockchain. And I thought that this is a better way to secure identity on the blockchain. So we didn't leave it up to a lazy HR person at the company that was irresponsible and didn't do a proper background check. If we had this, this situation with my sister, who was raped and murdered, might not have happened. And why wouldn't have this happened? Because our identity would have been secured by us, by the individual, by Matthew Aaron, and put on the blockchain. And if I do a violent crime, to, and, and I'm a detriment to society, that would be on the blockchain. Not, not everybody can see it. I'm not walking around going, oh, you know, with a big, you know, scarlet letter, but it's there. And we're not leaving it up to merely company policy, or lazy HR, or background checks, or the vast bureaucracy. And if I had to go to a job, I had to present this. And if I had to go to get my driver's license, I have to present this. And I think people might say, oh, well, that's not freedom. No, no. You have the freedom to do a lot of things, but not crazy shit. And if you do crazy shit, even though you do your time in jail, people need to know that you've done some crazy shit. And there is a level from crazy shit to batshit crazy shit. Crazy shit is not, you know, I'm watching a YouTube video and that guy just jumped off a 30 foot cliff into some water. Oh, he's crazy. No, that's, that's not crazy. What this guy did was crazy. And even though he did his time, we need to know about that. So how can we do this with the blockchain? This is the first thing I thought of. And I 
just see a lack of care or a lack of motivation from governments, from people, from institutions, from corporations to fix this problem. The United States is built on legacy systems. Man, it's old. It's been, you know, doing business certain ways for a long time. Even Japan still uses <laughs> checkbooks and fax machines and antiquated systems because they're just used to it. But now here's a shift. And before it was like, okay, what about security? We put it in the internet. Well, no, that's not safe. Everybody knows about hacking. Everybody knows about identity theft. But we have a solution right now, here, in our hands, that can prevent and keep our identities safe and also prevent identity theft, prevent fraud. We need to make sure, as the average consumer, and I say that it's for the average consumer, it's not a gimmick. Like I always say, the moms, the pops. The bartenders, the waiters, the waitresses, the truck drivers, the people who are doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the small business owners. We need to look at blockchain technology as our tools for a better world. I hope that when people hear my story of why I am making this podcast, why I am involved in blockchain, I hope that people like Vinnie Langham of Civic has this in mind understands that it's the use case, not of buying beer out of a vending machine at consensus, but the use case to protect individuals from people that want to do harm, to protect your identity from identity theft, wrap that up in a beautiful package so that the governments, the systems, the employers, the employees can use it so that people like my sister don't get murdered by people who've done crimes. And also to get blockchain utilized by the masses to get your funds, your money. This is money that you have, you made, that you control, that you should control and make it allowable for you to send money anywhere. And people say, well, while well, you were in China, I heard, I've heard this before. Well, you shouldn't be living in China. Well, first, wait, 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 wait. Let me try to get you to do that in 2008. Even now, if you live in Canada, how much time would it take you with traditional banking to get all your friends to send you money from different states, different counties, different cities? different countries maybe, so that you can take care of an emergency. Unless you have a rich uncle, that money is going to be crowdsourced and it takes time to get it together. But that's what Bitcoin and that's what blockchain is for. We can all send it at the same time to one wallet and that wallet use it for whatever they need it for. It'd be done in an hour. It'd be done in minutes. It'd be done in seconds depending on the blockchain. So in summary, my motivation for this podcast, for blockchain, and why it's always for the average consumer. And, and I, like I said, People have said this is a gimmick of mine. It's no, it's because I saw where this could be used. This can be used now to help people. So I hope that the Vinnies, the Charlies, the Vitalics, the CZs, and all these people who are talking about all kinds of different issues that really don't have much to do with the average person, or they do, and maybe they're just thinking way bigger, really focuses it on us. And I also wanna say us, the average consumer, we have to keep pushing forward to using this, to understanding it, to pushing them to get this shit done, to get these apps done, to get these blockchains, you know, perfect, to get these integrated into systems with government or law or policing so that we can start having a better technology for a better future. And I put my hopes, like I said, in these individuals that they are sincere that they are for the greater good and that their Lambos, their watches, their comfortable lifestyles did not have them forget that we, the people, are waiting for this technology. And we're not waiting in vain. We're not waiting sitting on our hands. We are trying our best to utilize these things. But at the end of the day, they're the developers. They're the ones that are making these companies. 
we're here to support them and i hope that they continue no i hope that they start relating more with the average consumer of how their blockchain technology their currencies can change lives change situations and i'm not talking financially i'm not talking about lambos I'm not talking about tax evasion. I'm not talking about down with the government. I'm not talking about changing the Fed. I'm talking about real world situations that could change right now with better tech. Thank you for listening to my stories. They're very personal. I hope that nobody thinks that I'm using this for personal gain, but I want to put myself out there and it is kind of hard to put yourself out there, you know, for tens of thousands of listeners and you know whoever this gets tweeted to and retweeted to about my story of why I'm doing this and the motivation behind it. I hope that people listen to it and think about these two use cases of blockchain technology because we always look so big and we, we always talk about sharding and protocols and side chains and all these things that and, and when I say that I don't care what these people are talking about it's not that I don't care what the technology is going to do. I'm, I really want them to frame it in a way of how it's going to help our lives. And I want to be reassured that their motivations, their ideas, that their commitment is sincere to help the average person. And it's not a business opportunity for them so they can, you know, have their Lambos. It's not just to boost an ego or create a name in that this blockchain space is just not another space for them to use their money or their stardom to make more money i mean you saw the ellen show the other day ripples on ellen you have stars and movie stars going into blockchain tech and endorsing it and this is for business and so you see the founders of these companies and i ask myself because i don't feel that we're getting spoken to directly in the space i just hope that blockchain technology is sincere and the people who created these protocols are sincere for the average consumer and i i sound like a broken record but i hope that we get this tech i hope we get it soon and it's not just buying bread and coca-cola it's about security it's about saving people's lives by transferring money when needed or locking up identities in the blockchain so we know and employers can identify readily murderers and rapists, pedophiles, when they're standing right in front of you. Thank you very much for listening to this, and I'm Matthew Aaron. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.